Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Get Brian Mudd. Download your iHeartRadio app and turn up News Radio 610 WIOD. subject was taken into custody without incident. He got out of the car. He said nothing. He had a very smug look. Everyone's pretty shaken. It's not only your hometown, but it's also like right in front of you. Yeah, as we have learned, the details um, that have been made available, and they are considerable at this point, about the perp in Monday's terror attack in Highland Park. Like a classic case of warning signs being everywhere and nobody taking appropriate action. Multiple encounters with law enforcement going back three years. Rap music containing lyrics that speak to committing violence, including a school shooting. Social media postings to that effect. And that's just scratching the surface of some of what's come out. And so we'll so often talk about, hey, if we only have more laws, right? Well, Illinois, they have a risk protection order in place. They have a red flag law. Wasn't utilized here. Wasn't utilized here. So let's dive into some of this, gain some perspective. Uh, Joining us once again, UM alum and criminologist with Tarlington State University, Dr. Alex Del Carmen. Appreciate the time, as always. It's great to talk to you, Brian. All right. So, I mean, uh, another horrible situation, another seemingly preventable situation. What's your read on this one? You know, it's uh, it's really complicated, right? Like the previous ones have been as well. I mean, you have, in, in this particular case, uh, an individual that did exhibit some signs, as you noted. Um, you know, law enforcement could have easily tracked that down, some people say. However, my argument continues to be the same, which is there are thousands of people across the nation that would exhibit signs like that. And so, so what is law enforcement to do? Let's just assume that they have the capability of being able to identify and, and somehow single out those individuals into a small group. I mean, what happens after that? You know, what are the next steps that need to be followed after that happens if the person hasn't really committed a crime? So it's a very complicated uh, scenario. To the extent that we have risk protection orders that are in use, and certainly this is at the crux of risk protection orders um, utilized in the state of Florida, when you have signs of mental issues in particular, that comes into play. And according to accounts, you had the perpetrator who was mm-hmm. suicidal and exp- it ended up displaying signs that there were issues along those lines. What, from a law enforcement perspective, crosses the line? Is simply being suicidal, for example, should that reach the threshold of them going, hey, this is somebody who maybe we, we need to take a further look at? Yeah, so so from a legal perspective, you know, law enforcement is involved when the person attempts to commit suicide by virtue of the fact that they respond to the scene and try to prevent that from happening, and then hand that person over 
to mental health experts, right? So the law enforcement community or the criminal justice system as a whole, they don't have the capacity of being able to, you know, process these individuals and, and ensure that they're receiving therapy or whatnot if they haven't committed a crime per se. Now, as it relates to this person's troubled behavior, right? So you have a guy that's, that's you know, posted stuff on social media, fantasized about killing people, you know, called himself a rapper and used some of the lyrics related to that. I remind you, Brian, back in the, light, in the late 1990s, we had the Grand Theft Auto video game that came mm-hmm. out and people thought it was just the greatest thing in the world. Well, guess what happens when you start putting all these fantasies in people's minds that you start telling them, hey, by the way, killing a cop is okay on video games and you have a hamburger right after that. And they glorify it, right? Because they want to make it as clear and as vivid and live 3D, HD, uh, 1080i, uh, you know, effects, right? So in the end, what we have is we have now, uh, you know, this generation of individuals that have grown up with these video games, that have grown up with these fantasies in their head, that are radicalizing themselves to follow a particular role in their mind in history that they want to show off to the rest of the world that they're responsible for historical events. On the criminal profile side of things here, um, accounts coming out that he was engaging with fascist material, that he had perhaps ties to Antifa. So radical ideology, radical actions of of organizations in in some instances. We've heard from the Biden administration that they're investigating domestic terrorism. While I'm skeptical of what all that means, an association and engaging with an Antifa, engaging with maybe neo-Nazis online, should that be something that is is more readily looked into, flagged for further dissemination? Yeah, so the FBI and various other entities that have the capacity and the talent to be able to track those uh, exchanges are, in fact, doing that, right? So in the domestic terrorism unit uh, within the Bureau, which is pretty significant, um, you know, throughout the United States, uh, they monitor that on a daily basis. But I would argue that that sort of the larger, bigger picture here is you've got folks that really, you know, are really troubled mentally, and they want to belong to something or someone. So it's not, it's not unheard of that they would actually start poking around and figuring out which entity, which organization online they can belong to so they can claim an, an identity and an ideology. It doesn't mean that they're necessarily part of that organization. And I want to make it clear, I don't know if, if this individual from Illinois was or was not part of, of, of one of those groups in a serious manner, but what I'm saying to you is browsing the Internet and, and, and sort of aligning themselves with some of these entities is not surprising, is to be expected, but at the same time, they're not necessarily uh, radicalized, per se. And I, and I understand your point, and I think you establish a really good one here. If you take a look at any one of some of these details that have come out, if you take a look at, at just that detail, maybe that's not enough to trigger that next-level response. But then you take a look at the profile when you put them together, and it's like, holy cow, and that's where it does seem like warning signs anywhere. So, for example, if you just had... You know, the suicidal tendencies and the interactions with law enforcement, that's one thing. But then you take it, take a look at what he's engaging with online. Then you take a look at it in conjunction with social media postings. Then you take a look at it in conjunction with the music. And then also 
uh, you know, some of the the way that he carried himself right down to the depiction of some of the tattoos on his on his face. Uh, there are things that, that start to create probably that bigger profile, and I don't proclaim to have all, all the answers that way. I am curious to get your read on the parents. So this is coming to a great deal of focus. The family, by many of the accounts that have come out, mom seem, seemingly had her issues. Dad, maybe well-regarded in the community, former mayoral candidate, but actually... Uh, you know, complicit in the obtaining of of weapons for the perpetrator. What's your read on the parents and their role in this, if any? You know, it's concerning. Obviously, when when you look at it from, you know, um, uh, you know, a week later, or a couple of days later, you you look back and you say, oh yeah, this makes sense, and the puzzle sort of fits the profile that we always try to find answers for. But in the end, you know, I can find thousands of people, unfortunately across the United States that are sim- have similar parents. And that doesn't mean that they're going to go out there and shoot people, right? So um, the problem here is, is that law enforcement's hands are tied in the sense that if the person has not committed a crime, may exhibit all of these factors. You may put a profile and say, oh, my gosh, this person is about to go terrorize a group of people. If they haven't committed a crime, what can law enforcement do legally in order to be able to prevent it. And that is where we go into a bigger picture, which is the debate between the constitutional rights that people have versus, you know, our ability to protect ourselves. And there's been, that question has been going on for over 200 years in this country as it relates to whether or not we're willing to give up some of our rights for the sense of being safer, uh, or we simply have to get used to the idea that these things are going to happen, you know, more frequently than not, and we just have to sort of understand that this is a different country than the country where we lived two and a half years ago. think that is very well stated, an excellent point. The only question mark I throw out there is the risk protection order. At one point, is it to be used or looked at, if if not perhaps under some of these circumstances? That, I guess, is, is another uh, another dividing line, another question mark to be answered, I suppose. Exactly. And, and again, you know, um, you know, you put lawyers on both sides of the equation. On the one hand, they're going to say, gee, you know, um, you're going to really start making judgments about people's quote unquote potential to commit a crime versus yeah. the actual act. And then others are going to say, yeah, but we owe this to society. Look what happened in Ovalde. Look what happened in Highland Park. Look what happened all over the country. Right. So always great perspective. Thank you very much. Appreciate it as always. Thanks, Brian. And a UM alum and criminologist for Tarlington State University, Dr. Alex Del Carmen. All right, we'll have Natalie in trending story up next here in the Brian Mudd Show. He's Radio 610 WIOD.